0: Asalamu alaykum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alamine, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450am. And we're also streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you're new to the Radio Islam family, we thank you for tuning in. We're on every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. So you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure that you subscribe if you're on TuneIn, iTunes, Google Google Play, or SoundCloud. (laughs) Um, Either one, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Okay. Um where do we start at family? Where do we start? Well I'll I'll tell you where we start. Um tonight, well as always, uh, I- I'm joined by assistant producer, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig.
1: As salamu alaikum.
0: And um we are going to be uh we're we're talking about a couple of different well two different events that Ibrahim and I attended, um, well, separately. We, we attended two different events, and we took audio. And we just want to talk about what that experience is like and uh, and the two events that we were at. So the event that I was at was the Community Life Forward Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. It took place July 6th through the 8th. And uh, Ibrahim, I'll let him tell his
1: own event. The last event I went to was the Families Belong Together Rally, Mm -hmm. which happened about a month ago. It was June 30th, I believe, Saturday. Yeah. It was really hot that day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's one of the things Mm -hmm. I remember. Right. Um, So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: actually, so I think we probably were like
0: back to back. It was the the Families Belong Together Rally, and then the next week, I think, I was out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was uh, in Atlanta. And, well, first, I got to say this that there's something, there something really different about uh, recording audio uh, and listening to it. There's something really different uh, and unique when you listen to uh, something that took place. And, and it's unlike watching, right? When you watch something, you know, I, I guess we're just used to looking at things now, but listening is just a totally different
1: experience. For me, actually, even being there, knowing that I'm recording, yeah, uh, knowing that I'm trying to get something to put it on the air, that that, that in itself kind of changes the experience for me while I'm there. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's very different when you're just an observer, just participating. Mm-hmm. It would be a lot different than when you're actually listening for certain things, and you know, certain things standing out to you when you when you're there with the attention of kind of for journalistic reasons, you know, right.
0: Uh, and then on the just on the sound side the sound quality side uh there's so much that you can't control in in a public setting right but the things that you can control you you look for things like like i'm hyper hyper uh conscious of people getting too close to uh to the recorder yeah but but i but i agree you you listen with a lot more um there's a lot more attention, uh, and then knowing that you're bringing it back to somebody else, that yeah, yeah, it, it changes it. So what what was the aside from it being really hot, what was <laughs> what was the environment like uh, at the uh, the keeping family? The families belong together. Rally. Mm-hmm. What was it like?
1: Um, it's hard to describe in in one sentence. I mean, there was different phases of it. At the end, after everything was all said and done. And the cops were like all right rally's over you guys gotta leave now right. and, um because started out at daily plaza then they marched south to like harrison i think and then back up and then when they so they got back to daily plaza then i would say that environment was very like festive really? interestingly enough yeah everyone was seemed kind of happy and kind of in good spirits like you know we're gonna beat this thing or whatever hope i mean unfortunately um the situation has not been resolved right. at the border which is why it's relevant for us to play the rally footage uh, over again mm-hmm. um, but people were very optimistic people were with their families people some people were I talk about this in the uh, when you hear the track too um, some people were dancing people were like selling t-shirts and th- there was all different kinds of stuff there's people were chilling out by the fountain little kids playing in the water and stuff like that mm-hmm. um it was it was interesting mm. and then at, at the end I didn't see, I didn't I don't talk about this <laughs> in the uh actual uh piece yeah but some like super uh pro-life people came and they were like holding up pictures of like baby dead fetuses and stuff like that and so and just trying to cause wow. conflict you know okay. um so there were those people like one corner, but I don't think anything really transpired from that. Mm. Uh, everyone because there was thousands and thousands of of, of uh, people who were there for the march, you know. Okay, now here's here's something.
0: I, I remember there was a march we went to. I think we covered we covered some of it. I think it was a pro Palestine uh, march, and I think it was during the colder months, and yeah, we had it was some folks. Cold. Yeah, we had really some cool. folks show up who were uh, agitators. They were they showed up oh, screaming. You remember that? Yeah, blood and soil. You were there for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz I ran over there. Seriously? Just,
1: yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I, yeah, I, th- I guess we must have went separately or something like that because I I yeah, know I remember you had the recorder. Cuz we didn't go together. So I didn't no, see you there. Oh, okay. No. No, but but yeah, I saw I you. That.
0: You were you were up front. Mhm. And um and, yeah, I was, I was towards the back. And when they showed up, and they started screaming, "Blood there's, and soil!" Yeah, there was like
1: I think it was only three or four people. Yeah, and they were wearing masks too. Their faces—I think, I I think some think so. of them—their faces were hidden. Yeah, they like yeah hidden bandanas, I think, or something. Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, was was there? There was no element like that at the at that rally.
1: No, at, like I said, at the very end, after the rally was pretty much over, there were those people with pictures of dead fetuses and stuff um, but it was just kind of a weird it wasn't like it was very strange it because related exactly it, it wasn't it was weird because it wasn't like the anti thing to the rally you know yeah. it was completely different um, but yeah other than that no it was, it, was, it was all very positive and everyone so I guess in the beginning of the rally I talked that's about the end but in the beginning I would say the mood was um, it's hard to describe it other than there was a sense of unity I think I would definitely say Mm. there's a sense of unity that everyone's there for that same cause everyone there uh, is there because they care about the kids um, and they care about immigrant rights and people basically changing the identity of our country into something more negative than it ought to be yeah uh, by what we're doing to the kids at the border so I would say, yeah, there was definitely a sense of unity and purpose mm. at the at the beginning and and during the march too. You know, what? we have to take
0: this slight detour. Um, you and I were talking about this. Uh, I didn't read the article, but you told me about the article. That and we're, we're probably gonna have to do a whole a whole show on this. Um, some fellow wrote an article against natural.
1: Was it natural? Oh, birthright, birth. birthright citizenship.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Birth, birthright, birthright citizenship. Um, I think, and I just came to mind just thinking about how the the, cha- the country is changing, and there are people who don't want to see it change, and some who do want to see it change, but not in a way that is going to work out for a diverse population. Um, was that? Well, this was well before that came out, so.
1: Um, yeah, I mean that discussion has been around for a really long time, but the article that was recently published by was published by the Washington Post, which is interesting because Washington Post is traditionally a very Washington Post. Uh, yeah traditionally a very um, liberal. Uh, their content is mostly liberal mm-hmm. you know, on the liberal side of the spectrum. So they published an article by Michael Anton, who was a former. I think he's a seems like everyone in the Trump administration is former now, mm. former Trump administration official. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that before the revolving door. Uh, anyway, um, he's a former national security advisor, one of the advisors for the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who wrote the article basically saying that birthright citizenship the f- uh, the fact that simply because you're born in the country that you're automatically an American citizen he argues that this is just a, some gross misinterpretation of the 13th or 14th amendments um, without going into much detail I mean we, that's the whole episode in and of itself yeah so. yeah
0: we have, we definitely have to have to talk about that um, well I guess I'll 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 go ahead and I'll explain what mine was uh, so. The community Community Life Forward Conference. This is actually the, its second iteration. It took place, I think, in 2012 or something like that, uh, but it hadn't taken place uh, since then. So this year, a group, an organizing group from uh, folks from around the country. and Now, these are folks who are pr- uh, primarily, and I believe I say this, I do state this in the in the intro to the, uh, to, the to the clip, uh, primarily from the community of imam warth muhammad and uh this that the weekend was i mean it was it was pretty awesome uh one of the highlights that really stood out to me was the community cafe saturday night uh which was sponsored by iman you know chicago's own iman, iman uh, uh um, what am i trying to say
1: inner iman
0: inner city muslim action network mm-hmm. this is the second time today this has happened to me <laughs> Um, but uh, so Iman they, they put on the community cafe and it was it was wonderful because it's never just about the music there's a healing element uh, with all their uh, performance art with all of their uh, music everything is always about uh, a collective healing so Tammy McCann a wonderful jazz singer great friend of mine uh, she opened up and actually also a former Radio Islam host oh wow yeah so she opened up the show did a phenomenal job and uh what is it Al Tawam movement i think that's the name is they're they're dancers and they danced while brother ali uh, the, the rapper the one and only um he you know he performed and he his stuff is just always so authentic it is just it's heartfelt that, that what he deals with, um, what he addresses is just is wonderful stuff. Matter of fact, I was so moved by it. I saw him in the hall hallway uh, sometime later on, and I walked and up to him. And you invited him. him. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> but you know what? I didn't want to be disingenuous uh, at okay. that moment. And I just really wanted to express my gratitude for, for what he did and what he gave. Because I, I not only went, my wife, my daughters went with me as well. So we went as a family, and they loved what he did. So I just had to tell him, I said, brother, I love you. And I just gave him a hug. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And he was he was receptive. He didn't stiff arm me. He didn't try to chop me in the throat. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. get away. He was he was cool. Um okay, but aside from that, there were um there there were there was like a, there was a there were um kind of a TED Talk inspired taqua talks. Oh. there was also the sugar Tank. Which sounds like what? What is, what is that? Sounds like Shark Tank, right? yeah right the sugar tank this was for the young entrepreneurs Uh-oh. so they got a chance to show their um, that their, their their business ideas explain them and then they held um, you know kind of an awards to uh, see who was going to get a financial investment from there was a, a collective group of uh, Muslim business persons that were there to, to to judge and to award a
1: you know that's amazing yeah yes yeah. so who won you, uh,
0: you know what? I had to leave Sunday oh. morning because I, I drove down. So I missed the award ceremony.
1: we got to find out who won that. No. You know what? I I am. We touch base with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that would be a good, uh, yeah, that's definitely a good follow-up. So what I took audio of was the social justice panel. Um, Jahad um, Salih from uh, Islamic Relief he's their like their their washington you know advocacy um guy uh salima suswell's from care philadelphia and for folks who don't know philadelphia has Eid on the books their city um schools oh, yeah. they have EED off so she was a part of that group and councilman Bashir jones from cleveland mm-hmm. their first muslim uh, council uh city council member uh, and moderated by Dr. Aisha Lamey, other half So I took audio of that And uh, lastly, and I'll bring you audio later on I'll say this in the piece I also participated on the media, Muslims in the Media uh, panel So we'll, we'll get to that some, sometime in the future, inshallah
1: So you want to cue up yours and we'll, we'll go into yours first Alright, uh, we are going to listen, inshallah To the audio from the families belong together rally which happened on june 30th right here in chicago
0: okay
1: take it away
2: they are our hate children they are our redemption. they are our peace. they are our Ripping them from the arms that love them Will be the end of us, America
1: This is original music by Native Chicagoan Melody Angel You can find her on Spotify
2: be the end of us, America Land of the free, home of the brave Justice for all is what we
1: claim. The us. These are the sounds end. from the Families Belong Together rally that took place on June 30th in Daly Plaza in Chicago. It was a scorching hot and humid Saturday. Similar rallies were held across the country in solidarity with migrant families unjustly separated and held at the border. The rally was emceed by Oscar Chacon of Alianza Americas and Ahlam Jabara. Chicago's own Father Michael Flager gave the first speech.
3: Good morning. My name is Mike Flager, I'm the pastor of St. Bernard Church on the South Side. How, how hypocritical it is that this administration prides itself in family values and pro life is aggressively promoting ripping children from their parents and caging in children and families and then trying to hijack the scriptures to justify the ignorant immoral acts that they're doing but i understand that because we have whole communities in the south and the west side that are caged in and separated one from another this same president who is obsessed and aggressively protecting the flag, dishonor- dishonors what the flag stands for. Donald Trump disrespects women, demonizes races of people, normalizes lies and bullying, affirms racism. Well, Mr. Trump, not only will we fight until every child and every family is together, That Mr. Trump understand. We are coming together, black and brown and white and young and rich and poor, gay and straight, we're coming together, and we will resist your fascist moves, we will fight for truth and justice and freedom and people, and we're not going
4: anywhere.
1: Reverend Myron McCoy of the First United Methodist Church at the Chicago Temple, reminded us of the responsibility people of faith have and of the many racial injustices committed by our country in the past.
4: As we gather today, the truth is that we in faith community have not always stood up and acted consistently with our faith values, but we recognize it now as our responsibility to drain this swamp we now find ourselves in. So we are here because we recognize, embrace, and affirm all persons, regardless of country, of origin, as persons, as members of the family of God. Friends, we gather boldly and proudly proclaim that families belong together. Yet I must regrettably admit that there are those, we are here today because a number of folks who call themselves persons of faith has confused theology with racist ideology. And who in their circumstance of privilege in this land are living in the fear of a coming U.S. society that looks like Chicago, where no tribe is a majority. Unfortunately, such spirits have allowed us to see, we haven't been allowed to see and live this horrible movie before, as our governments have split up families and detained children with such fears. Before abolition, children of slaves were born into slavery and could be sold by owners at will. After 1890 Wounded Knee Massacre, authorities forced Native American families to send their children to government schools to so-called Americanize them. In the 1920s and 30s, local and state authorities use poverty as a reason to take children away from Native American and Black families. During the Great Depression, local authorities in California and Texas participated in a mass deportation of Mexican immigrants and Mexican Americans whom they blamed for the economic downturn. Anywhere between half a million and a million Mexican immigrants and Mexican Americans were pushed out of the country. And many families felt that they were being forced to separate from their children who were U.S. citizens. In 1942, when the U.S. was at war with Japan, an estimated 30,000 children were separated from their families. My sisters and brothers, what we have done in days past and what we are doing to children and families today who are seeking asylum and who are looking for a better way of life in the name of pursuing, in the name of punishing and deterring those who are seeking refuge within our border is downright wrong and plain evil. Families belong together.
1: Virginia Martinez, an attorney, gave us a firsthand account of the situation at the border as well as explaining the frightening conditions in Central America that drive many people to seek asylum in the US.
5: The first time I volunteered at the family detention center in Dilley, Texas, I was horrified to hear stories from women about the border patrol holding facilities that they referred to as yeleras because they were so cold and pereras because they looked like kennels. I was so angry that these women and children were being mistreated by the government officials whose salaries we all pay. First you should know that while they are called family detention, fathers and older siblings are sent to different detention facilities. The Dilly Center is run by CoreCivic, a private company. While the conditions are better than the Yaleras and the Perreras, it is still a jail, a baby jail, with inadequate medical and psychiatric services. I have heard horrific stories from women about why they are forced to leave their homes, the hazardous month-long trips across Central America and Mexico, and the dangerous crossing into the U.S. to ask for asylum. The stories I have heard gave me nightmares. Families are being extorted by gangs. Some of them because they own small businesses, drive buses, or even just selling face cream on the street. If they can't pay, they are threatened with death or their children's death. When I see preteen boys and girls, I know that they have been recruited by the gangs. The girls are told they are old enough to be a girlfriend. If she refuses, she is kidnapped, tortured, and raped. Twice I have heard that the gangs now call the moms so that they can hear their daughter being tortured. Parents have no choice but to leave. The fear driving these families north is real. And we don't have clean hands in Central America. We, the United States, is to blame for much of this violence. On the long treacherous road here, they are frequently further victimized. One woman told me she had been raped by two men in front of her six-year-old son. Another had been kidnapped in Mexico and held for ransom until her family here paid for her release. Once they come into custody at the border, families are taken to the Yaleras and Perreras. Their belongings are taken from them except the clothes on their back. The holding cells are so cold that one woman told me she took off her blouse and wrapped her baby in it and put the baby between her legs to try to keep him warm. Women have told me that they are awakened by border agents kicking them. The children cry and they are given no medical attention. Children are traumatized by what they have seen along the way and by border agents who scream and call them names. Even before this current crisis, children were traumatized in custody as they saw cousins and other relatives taken away. In Dilley, they cling to their moms. These jails are inhuman. It's time to end family detention. End family detention.
1: Jean Mishima of the Chicago Japanese American Historical Society gave her account of the appalling internment of Japanese Americans many years ago.
6: Hello, everyone. My name is Jean Mishima. My entire family and I were incarcerated and interned in the War Relocation Authority camp at Gila River, Arizona. When Japan bombed Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941, the FBI immediately rounded up the community leaders in the Japanese communities, put them in a local jail without any legal charges, searched home without search warrants. Some of these men were returned to their homes, some were transferred to the Department of Justice internment camp. And when President Franklin Della Roosevelt signed Executive Order 9066, that gave the authority to round up over 120,000 Japanese, Japanese Americans and put them into internment camp. It was deemed a military necessity, but in today's jargon, it would be called a matter of national security. Not one person of Japanese ancestry anywhere in the United States, territory of Hawaii or Alaska, was ever charged with espionage and sabotage. Each person, individual, assigned a identification number. We were—I was—we uh, were no longer known by a surname. My identification number was 43055C. My family of five were housed in a room 20 by 25 foot in a barrack. The only running water was in the mess hall and in the laundry room. Our daily ritual was um, waiting in line each day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, waiting in line to use the bathroom and the shower facilities. The lack of privacy was one of the main concerns in the camp, especially in the laundry room, and in mean, the bathroom, and the shower facilities. The Chicago Japanese American Historical Society's main purpose or mission is to educate the general public on the civil rights and racial profiling of Japanese Americans during World War II. Hopefully the history will not repeat itself. I stand here today in support of families belong together. Thank you. Thank you very
1: much, Jean. Ahmed Rehab, executive director of CARE Chicago, gave a stirring speech.
7: Assalamu alaikum, Chicago! Peace, Chicago! Muslims stand against family being ripped, families being ripped apart. We stand with family unification and against separation with the diverse communities of America. My dear friends, it is a hot day. Thank you for coming out on this hot day but I'll tell you two things. One, it's even hotter at the border. And two, the heat in these crowds around the country today are enough to melt ice. O we are united. Muslim, Latinos, African-American, Asian, white, Jewish, Christian, we are all united and we stand against hate and bigotry. Everything that you are seeing today, whether it is young children being ripped from the arms of their parents at the border, or whether it is the Muslim ban that determines your national security threat, not based on what you've done or what you might be likely to do, but based solely on where you were born, whether it is police brutality against African-American youth or once upon a time internment of Japanese people. It all comes down to the same basic question. Should race and or religion determine your rights and privileges in this country? Trump. Trump and his movement have answered the question with a resounding yes. And we answer, no! No! From the very beginning, the Declaration of Independence
1: had... High the next speech was by Irene Romulo of Organized Communities Against Deportations.
8: My name is Irene, and I'm here on behalf of Organized Communities Against Deportations, not as official endorsers of this march, but rather to lift up important lessons that we've learned defending ourselves, starting with the deportation regime that was implemented under President Obama. Initially, this march did not start out with immigrant-led organizations at the forefront. It wasn't until organizations that we work with stepped up that we were included in the final planning. Immigrant and undocumented voices should never be an afterthought. As our family, in the disability justice movement have said, nothing about us without us is for us. We will lead our own liberation. Many of you are coming out here today because you believe that families belong together. And while that's the message echoed across the country, we need to be bolder than that. Trump, his administration, and Jeff Sessions heard that message, and you know what they said? Our families will now stay together, but in cages. It is not enough that we ask for families to be together. This moment is a continuation of the violence that the U.S. has always inflicted on people of color. What is happening to children and parents at the border is an outrage, and we should and are organizing long-term against it. Jeff Sessions, empowered by this administration, is using immigration law to criminalize and incarcerate any person that crosses the border, regardless of their background or if they're seeking asylum. To keep families together, we must call for the removal of Jeff Sessions from the Department of Justice. This immediate moment of violence demands the immediate intervention. We must shut down sessions and decriminalize migration. We believe that calling for an end to family separation must also be tied to a call to abolish all jails, prisons, policing, and ICE. ICE was created 17 years ago out of the same Islamophobia and anti arab sentiments that are behind today's Muslim
1: ban. Other speakers included Menal Gehry, Mani Ruiz Velasco, Colleen Connell, Lenny Mana Hoppenworth and Erica Bachner. Several victims affected by the broken immigration system also spoke. After the speeches, protesters began a march down Clark Street all the way south to Harrison Street. Thousands of protesters were visible, and the sound of chanting filled the air. Then the march headed north up Dearborn Street, back towards Daly Plaza, where thousands of people remained for some time. Some people cooled out by the fountain, others danced, and families could be seen together. We'll close with a classic sung by Melody Angel. This episode was recorded, hosted, and produced by Ibrahim Baig. The views expressed by the speakers do not necessarily reflect those of Radio Islam or the Sound Vision Foundation.
0: All right. All right. Um, Radio Slam family, we're going to take a short break. Hope you enjoyed that. We're going to take a short break, as I said. And when we come back, we will listen to our next segment from CLF. This is Radio Slam on WCV, 1450 AM. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its north side location, located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling Area Code 872 806 0141. That's area code eight seven two eight zero six zero one four one, or by visiting their website
2: at
0: org.
2: When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter.
5: We understand the roles you play. So to help, we created AARP.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit AARP.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back Radio Islam family This is your host Tariq al And we are on WCEV 1450 AM Streaming at WCEV1450.com Remember to follow And like our pages on social media And to keep up with us uh, Subscribe to the podcast And you'll find us Just look for us at Radio Islam USA That's at Radio Islam USA uh, Tonight uh, Ibrahim, the impressive one uh, He and I are talking about uh, some of the events that we've covered, two in particular. One was the rally for to keep families together. That's it, right? Families belong together. Okay. And uh, the next the next one that we're going to listen to is from the CLF 2018 Community Community Life Forward um, Social Justice uh, Panel Discussion, uh, featuring uh, Bashir Jones, uh, Councilman from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Salima Susswell from CARE Philadelphia and Jihad uh, Sali from uh, Islamic Relief. Enjoy.
9: Hi. You know what I'm saying? This country is what it is. Really? 400 years of free labor. We mm-hmm. yeah, we should benefit from it. Yeah. So inshallah ta'ala, man, this is the key. Let's get back to the community. Let's get back to working with people despite where they come from. And we all got struggles and we all got things that we're dealing with on a personal level and as a community level. But if we can just find our similarities and stick to that, Inshallah Allah will be successful. alaikum.
10: we have time for a few questions from the audience if you're anything. Right.
1: Yeah, so so so, um
11: with all this fervor about uh, what is it, the Supreme Court uh, I nominee, mean, whatever the new Supreme they trying to come with now with <laughs> political propaganda. But anyway, with 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 that uh, fact that just happened. Um, what do you all see as um, something the average American can do to deal with? Because the Supreme Court justices affect our our lives. They can say who does what, where, with whatever, and um, this whole. Uh, issue where he's trying to, I can't even say his name, i sorry. i I can't say his name. <laughs> 45. 45. Uh, he he's trying to hand pick who he thinks or wants to go in. But we do have a democratic process, I thought, or I, I'm i assuming, but they wouldn't be so concerned about our vote or how we vote or all this stuff they're trying to put. You know, auntie, let me say this, and then i, I like
9: to hear, you know, I'm going to say this. I know you ain't surprised. No. That man has done everything he said he's going to do. Yeah. Everything, I mean, I mean. He, he's a man of
10: his word. He's a man of his word.
9: He done said this is what he's going to do, and it's exactly what he's doing. And, you know, we shouldn't even be surprised at all about what, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. But the Quran is a living book. Yes. Like, the Quran is a living book and it speaks about Ferron. Mm. And you see that Ferron wasn't just a person, but it represents, talk. you know we have been about this, it represents a, 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 a character. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is that. Yeah. So, so we see what he's doing and I think that what's in, what, 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 what I believe that the average American can do is that we have to get involved in local politics. Yeah. Yep. Who is your judge? Who is your council person? Mm-hmm. Right, what organizations that you have that are doing the work? You have ISNA, you have ICNA. You have, um, I was meeting with the president of ICNA. And I said, listen, we appreciate what you're doing in other countries. But Tamir Rice was shot down, brother, in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago, they was, if you, listen, I appreciate the Philistines and, and the Indians and the, and the Asian Americans, and the, I appreciate that. But you have black and brown people in this country and poor whites who are in this country who are suffering. Don't ask me to raise money, man, for Bosnia. When you haven't raised a dime for Chicago okay? So we have to engage them, And you know what, I'm seeing that there is A turn of the tide That's happening, especially when you have A Donald Trump that forces us to come together Wallahi, I believe that Donald Trump Is benefiting us more Than he's intending to Wallahi, I yeah, Can I say this, Allah
12: has a plan too, But maybe he's waiting to see What we going to do Before he put his plan into action
9: Well let me say that Allah is above that and I just want to correct it just to say because Allah already, he doesn't have to wait to know because he knows already. Yeah. He's yeah. already clear. He's in the past, present, and future. He under, he's above time, so he already knows it. Maybe it's not for Allah to find out. Maybe it's within our own selves to figure out. We have that. two more. Uh, this one here
10: and then this is <clears> the <throat> uh, assalamualaikum
0: I appreciate um, all of your remarks. Um, with regard to how uh, Philadelphia uh, is the E! Coalition, right? And right. you are able to um, uh, advocate and not just advocate, but advocate successfully um, for uh, for the E! to be placed on, you know, as a, this for the school, um, school system, right? Yeah. So do you all have a, did you put together kind of a blueprint that could be shared with other uh, communities, right? So to, because there's a, a substantial learning curve, I'm sure that went along with that. Um, that would help other folks kickstart, you know, maybe uh, bypass some of the, the difficulties uh, that inherent, you know, in dealing with a situation like that.
10: Absolutely. I have a lot of information. I, I don't necessarily have a blueprint, but I could put together a, a report on what we did. You know what the main thing was what? that, that uh, we sort of struggled with Determining what they the Eden would be on. Agreeing as a community when oh we go with the calculation, when oh we go God. with the sighting, you know, when <laughs> we go with the local sighting. That's why it it, it didn't happen for so many years because wow. they couldn't produce a date for Eve. Moon so we said we're going to calculate this bad boy and we're going to have an E. holiday in the school district. You know, that's what we, that was the biggest part of it. But oh mashallah, I, if you talk to me offline, I can help you with it. That's interesting.
9: Over. Can I ask a question? Sure. Because we Muslim probably would have thought that it didn't happen because, you know, they just hate us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think <laughs> that we also have that mindset we make our enemies greater than they really are, okay. and 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 maybe it wasn't because they just didn't like us. Maybe it was just because we wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. Is that what and you found? It's thought? because
10: we weren't prepared for a long time. I, I know at least for the last ten years, yeah. it had been because because we had a Mayor Mayor John Street, who was the father, who is the father of Sharif Street, who first wanted to make the holidays, wow. you know recognized in the public schools. They the the leadership couldn't give them a day for E. The same thing with Mayor Nutter who, who followed uh Mayor John Street and then with Mayor Kenney, we said, listen, you know, we're gonna produce a calendar of dates for the next five years. And and, and that's how we that's how we do. that was the the key to getting it done. Is getting the community to agree on how the E will be calculated mm-hmm. to date. Well, Take the last question in the back here. I know there's other
9: ones, but the panel will be around hopefully to, to talk with you individually. So I know you talked about last uh, year about respecting our differences and figuring
12: out our commonalities. And you talked
10: about the different organizations that you work with um, to try to come together to build these coalitions. And then the sister I'm sorry, Salima. Selima. Oh, it's my name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> <couldn't forget. laughs>
12: to I'm not too, so I'm, I um, but the barriers to having the ease the on e the school calendar was within us and so I guess my question is is not to be divisive but um, we do have differences and so my question is not that we separate because I do believe in building coalitions, but how do we build coalitions that are respecting the differences and not the such that our issues don't become diluted, meaning that we join this, this business coming to Houston in a few months, um, weeks, and so we're part of those planning committees as well, but how do we not join those organizations to be a part of their missions, which we support, by getting our issues put to the baton or to be diluted such that our issues are never on the forefront, Um, but we're We're putting in the blood,
13: sweat, and tears to push these organizations up with our money, our time, and our efforts. Let me highlight this one real quick. So basically, when it comes down to it, on a national level, I will recognize, and it's important to recognize, when it comes to our community, the African-American Muslim community, we do a lot of great work at the local level. You see, we we can rattle off Council members, state delegates, community activists, so forth, at the state level. But I would say to the point at the federal level, communities are shambles, and mm-hmm. I think you've alluded to this. We and I spoke about this at the federal level, at the national level. We can't vacate that space right. because again, a lot of us, the things that we're fighting for, especially a lot of state budgets are strapped. Oh, yes. They're dependent on federal money on these issues. So a lot of this work that we do to push our issues. You know, are definitely through coalitions, inherently with Christians or other social justice organizations. But the issue is quite often when you see a lot of these national coalitions or organizations, or even happening at the state level, it's very clear when they're saying we need to engage the Muslim community. They're talking about the South Asian and Arab community, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, God bless you know Reverend Barber. Just a couple weeks ago, we know we had the uh, um, poor the, the, uh, the poor people's campaign, yeah. and so they had a Muslim sister on the guiding council, organizing council for a couple months prior to that. And she reached out to me because she was the only Muslim on the council. Now I remember Barbara does know some Muslims, no doubt. Yeah. But when he reached out, they were saying, let's get the Muslim community involved, because it was very Christian or very ecumenical. But and I'm not hating on Sister Linda, a lot of us know Linda Sarsaura in this mm-hmm. in this community. And she's been a great ally on a racial level too, mm-hmm. joining with the black community. But she's not black. Mm-hmm. And she recognizes that. But she does champion our issues, but it's in, Look, when you have Essence magazine, a, commi- a magazine committed to the black community, mm. and when they need to have a Muslim representative of sisters who help organize the Women's mm. March, mm. the only Muslim they have on is an Arab American, because mm. they couldn't find an African-American sister who's Muslim, who's organized. Yes. organized? Yeah. That's Again, this, this is not, not. hating on Sister Linda. Wait, wait, wait. But I have to
10: say, uh, I, have to say new, I have to say, that's, that's not necessarily true, because... They featured Linda because she was one of three co-chairs. Yeah. Co-chair. So I'm just going to have to correct,
13: correct. you there. So no, I get it, it, it. I'm not knocking her yeah. for that. Right. We mm-hmm. should respect Linda for what her being an ally on different yeah. levels in her work, but that it brings also some degree of where we are putting ourselves out for different discussions. And so in this in this call with Reverend Barber, it was kind of reiterate to him that you know a lot of the members of the church cult, church communities that you are embedded in the communities, whether it be in LA, whether it be in Atlanta, mm-hmm. you're up in the hood. Let's be up in the hood. Thank there you. are monsters right downstream from right. But you. But really and they can't even you recognize and name you. the imams at their local communities. Come on now. Right? And so they're looking for other community. But and here's the other issue. They may not know, but then the other issue is again whether it's government, whether it's coalitions, there is a slow process of people outside the Muslim community not always actively or in a, in a negative way who are defining who are Muslims. Right. So they're like, oh well we don't have to reach out to the Muslim African-American Muslim community because we'll get them because they're black. Mm-mm. But when we want to reach out to Muslims, we've got to talk to the, the real Muslims. Yeah. Again, I'm not hanging on my South Asian Arab brothers, we need to unite with them. But there's a process that is happening right. through media, through government relations, through other campaigns where Oh yeah, we'll capture the African American Muslim community, we just talk about black issues. But that's regardless, we define ourselves as Muslims. Right, right. Our paradigm that how we want to approach social justice issues is based upon our deen, right? But we do live in circumstances by living in a white supremacist society that made our blackness an issue. We gotta respond to that. But our paradigm, how we are approaching it, is based upon Islam. Yeah. And some of the how that is built upon some of the African American tradition, which is not counterintuitive to it, but it aligns, dovetails beautifully with it, right? So while raising issue if this is there needs to be a reasserting, very much building upon the great work that is happening at the local and the state level back at a federal level. Because if we leave it, how many of us do when we watch the news, when we watch TV and watch media, and they talk about Muslims, we feel alienated from it. Because it's not talking about us. And that's why I love, I love my job. I work for the largest Muslim organization. and No doubt, the majority of our money comes from the South Asian, the Arab community. But whether it's my lobby on capital, the congressional offices, or the coalitions that we're in, when I walk in, and, and I want to give credit to also Brother Colin, who's an ally because he's Muslim, but also you know understands the, the racial dynamics in the Muslim community and his work now at ISNA, trying to bring ISNA back into connecting the diverse Muslim community. But you know, it's still very common when I walk into Capitol Hill in a congressional office, they assume right away I'm there to talk about Palestine. Even though there I'm actually talking about food stamps.
2: <laughs>
13: <laughs> and so then, and when I'm in coalition, on whether it's be hunger, poverty, or so forth issues, it's always clear, us as Islamic Leaf or, or a Muslim, and increasing now with Islam coming back into that fold, it's right away recognized, it's like, oh, you're the unique one in here. Like, Muslims are concerned about this poverty, mm-hmm. hunger issues. And you know, let me add to yeah. that.
9: You know, W.E.V. Du Bois has something called double consciousness, Correct. being black and being American. But well, many of us, we have the triple consciousness: mm-hmm. yeah. being black, being American, and being Muslim. Mm-hmm. And in these different worlds, something they just don't—they just don't mesh. Where you have black people who don't like Muslims yes. and don't like America. Yeah. You have Americans that don't like Muslims, don't like black people, and you have mm-hmm. Muslims mm-hmm. who don't like black people
11: mm-hmm. yes. and don't like Americans. Yeah.
9: Listen to what Allah says in the Quran in the conversation with, with what with Shaytan. Says he says, "Ana minhu, I'm better than him. I was created from fire. He was created from dirt, from mud. So racism in itself stands on a satanic foundation, right? So we have to understand that there might be these organizations sister that you're talking about, sister, Salim, that you're talking about, Muslim organization that you may find more collaboration with a Christian organization you might find with them because if you think that you're going to get a part of some of these national organizations and change their focus that's just not going to happen you can speak your message but for them to just change the focus is not going to happen but what we have to do is have for example with ICNA. you know ICNA has a program where they build uh shelters for women across the country they have big in florida they have in chicago but they don't have one in cleveland so now we're working in collaboration to develop one in Cleveland. What I'm saying is that we have to have our vision of what we want, because we can create something. You can say, hey, ICNA, you need to do this. And they may have the best intentions, but may be culturally incompetent, and may not be able to do what it is that needs to be done. So we have to have a just like the Sister Salimah talked about, like maybe they didn't do the E because nobody ever asked them. They didn't do the IFTAR in City Hall because nobody ever brought it to them. So I brought it, I had the vision for it, they they they, they didn't want no problems, and they made it happen.
12: But the follow
10: up to that, I'm so sorry, sorry. I'm, sorry. Sis, I'm so sorry because the next panel will be coming in momentarily. I want to give Sister Salima the last 30 seconds to say anything in response. Can she finish her point, Sister? Yeah, should, should close it out. Can um, she finish her point? We can, we started late anyway, so yes, let's let's, yes. let's let's get our let's okay. Get it. Okay, just yeah, finish. You can thank
12: you thank you, finish. finish and I'll respond. Okay. Yeah, so I understand all of that. What I'm trying to do is how you operate. So for that example you used about the clinic not being in Cleveland, how do you make sure that, okay, let's partner up, let's make that happen. How do you make sure that they're serving the people that you have interest in at a local level? I'm not talking uh, nationally, but how do you make sure, Bashir Jones, you set this up so that it serves Muslim women or whoever you're, whoever you're trying to reach? How do you make sure that when you partner with Islam, and I'm just using them as an example of the like organization, that they still serve
9: the people that you are intending to be served by that. And but I think sometimes they're coming in with resources yeah. that you don't have. Yeah. Well, I think two things. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to be rude, so no, I just wanted no, to I, I understand. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to I'm done no, I understand you're doing good. Real Do um, I I just want to respond to that and then I'm then gonna let you take it. One thing is one thing is is uh, Donald Trump is doing a good enough job in helping us. What I mean by that is, this Muslim ban is putting a lot of pressure on our brothers and sisters who are not, quote unquote, American. They're immigrants to America. So now, you're finding a lot more willingness from these communities to assist us because they need our assistance. There's issues that they can't speak on, but we can speak on as black, brown, and white people who are from America. So that, there's, a sense of, there's a sense of collaborative efforts there. You know, me and Imam Suhaib, man, we talk all the time, and we'll do an event together, and he'll just blast them. Like, why don't y'all got no black people up here talking? You know, he don't he don't veer away from stuff like that. Imam Omar is another one, so answer to Linda is another one too, man. She's another yeah. one who, who, who says, why ain't no black people here? Yeah. Right, so sometimes you need somebody else to speak that message. So what I think is that what we have to do is have the courage to bring this to the table and not veer away from it. What happens is we come to the table, we have one thing in mind, and then our ego get involved, or we see what we can benefit personally, and we forget the whole mission. If you stick to the mission, the resources are there. I'm telling you, the resources yes. are there. They want to work. They want to work with us, and they have to work with us because they need our support. Listen, ain't no black heads getting uh, no car ran into, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> ain't nobody, pr- ain't nobody, ain't nobody protesting, talking about guns, guns, guns. In front of, and, and, and it ain't happening in yeah, Philly. No, it sure I'm ain't right. happening in Cleveland. It happens out on the west side. And then you know who they call? Us, because they know we know how to do security. So we go out there, we lock it down. So my point is, is that we all have our own strengths. And I sure, I could tell you some more stuff,
13: you know. I would say this, With Islamic Relief, our model is, it is the issue, the mission, the, the program is developed by you as the community. And Islamic Relief, whether it's through our grant program, you have to put to Islamic police saying, we have this vision, this is what we want to do, or we're already doing it and we want to scale up. So you're already driving it, and you can, it's like the Shark Tank type of thing, right? And we want to help you with money, technical support, and even advocacy support now. So that's how you don't lose the mission. Now, but the main thing is, and I will show you a few more time, but the basic question is, are you a 5 c 3 how are the Muslim communities? We correct. Mm-hmm. Some of our masjids are just people getting together in a the house. They're not a formal organization. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things you need to do in America if you want to get funding. Yeah. If you want to be if you want to advocate and be able to work together, are we just formal organizations? Right. You know? yeah. Do you have formally trained? Are you part of PICO or Industrial Airs Foundation? These type of trainings that you go through. Mm-hmm. But so other organizations ICNA sets up, and sometimes there may be a cultural competence disconnect, but Islamic belief's model is. It's you, you've created the vision, and we believe in you. We're just gonna help you scale up and take it forward. So th- there's no mission creep, because you're the ones driving it. But then what we can do is, then connect, start that local, then my vision is like, you're doing hunger, or you're doing poverty, or you're doing women's shelter in your community, you're driving it, but I can say to you it's like, that great work you're doing at the local level, how can I also help you connect with our national coalition? All right, family. We have
0: come to the close of another edition of Radio Islam. Hope you, hope you have enjoyed it. Look forward to joining you again tomorrow night. Uh, at this point, we want to go ahead and thank our engineer over at WCV. Thank you very much for making sure we come through loud and clear. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. Um, I'm your host and producer. And you already know the other half of that production team. I just mentioned them. The impressive one, Ibrahim Bank. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Bujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and are to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, good people, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon
2: you.